Hi, this is Karen. I'm calling in with my story for the Blackfishing the IUD podcast. I had the IUD in for six days, and now I have rheumatoid arthritis, which it seemed to trigger. Um, and then I wrote this book about it, and now we're doing this awesome podcast. It's really exciting. Okay, bye. Welcome to Blackfishing the IUD, the podcast. I'm Karen Balin, author of a book called Blackfishing the IUD, newly out with Wolfman Books. Blackfishing the IUD is a collaboratively written memoir about reproductive health and the IUD, gendered medical gaslighting, and activism in the chronic illness community. I am considering the copper IUD's role in triggering my sudden onset of rheumatoid arthritis, and I share research and patient testimonies that suggest the copper IUD is actually sickening quite a lot of women in a few different ways. On this podcast, you'll hear from authors and activists and patients who have been deeply affected by the IUD or by gendered medical gaslighting in general. I am not a doctor, and neither are any of my guests, so any healing strategies talked about here should not be taken as medical advice. Hey, Claire. Hey, Karen. How are you? I am well. How are you doing? Doing well. So who did you get to talk with for this episode? I got to talk with Florencia Cott Hansen, and I reached her at her mountain home in Argentina. Um, she is absolutely amazing. She is an activist working to get the word out about the IUD, and she is currently working on a documentary about it that is called When Bodies Talk. She is the founder of a listserv that is called Copper IUD Detox, which is a Yahoo group that, as of our recording right now, is host to over 1,500 members. Um, and these are all women who have been negatively affected by the Copper IUD. Wow, okay. And so what is the listserv used for? Well, you know, I understand that the Copper IUD is a celebrated device, but there is an understory. Uh, there are tens of thousands of women in online groups like this one that have had a really radically different kind of experience with the IUD. It's really disrupted their lives and their health. Again, my story is that it created a toxic event that I very strongly believe triggered autoimmunity, um, and other women share that story with me. Uh, but it also is creating in women different conditions, things like extreme depression, anxiety, heart palpitations, a joint pain is a big one, hair loss. You know, women's lives are unraveling on this device. And a listserv like Copper IUD Detox is a place where women can go to confer that this is even happening because conventional medicine, the medical industry, doesn't affirm these symptoms at all. And it's also a place for healing. Um, there's a lot of sort of empirical medical work going on in these groups, ways in which women are trying out different ways to sort of detox from the copper. Wow. So it sounds like this listserv became a big part of your own healing process and perhaps your life. Hugely, hugely. Um, you know, I had the copper IUD in for only six days and became incredibly ill. And um, I was in a lot of pain and panic. 
And this was, I'm not on Facebook, so I went to a Yahoo group. I'd never, I didn't know about Yahoo groups. And it was a place where I got some information about what was going on with me and also a place where I was sort of amazed at the level of storytelling going on because these are a bunch of women who are finally able to write into a space where they will be believed after not being believed by their doctors, their friends, their partners. So it's a space that's really raw, just host to some of the most riveting storytelling I've ever read. And uh, so, yeah, I really engaged with it quite deeply, um, particularly as I was in a lot of pain and need. And the book, my book, Blackfishing the IUD, is host to some different excerpts, basically, from this listserv of women who have kind of donated their stories to the book and are, are excited to share them. Um, it's part of their activism. And actually, just to give you some context, I'd love to share with you how Blackfishing the IUD opens. It opens with an email that I got from one woman um, who I connected with through this listserv, but this was an email she wrote to me directly. This woman has a really similar story to me. She had the IUD in for a short period of time, um, and it too led to autoimmune symptoms, joint pain that for her also led to a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. So I just want to share how the book opens to give you kind of a taste for the kinds of communication that Floor is facilitating. The email reads, Hi, Karen. I actually still feel horrible and my blood tests are so off. I never thought I'd have a condition where I feel like I'm dying. It's scary. From the ex initial extreme reaction I had when it was inserted to just feeling like I'm going downhill is scary. I thought with time it gets better. Would you mind sharing some of the things you did to get better? And yes, I'm interested in writing for your book. That's so powerful. Yeah, and I'm so grateful that she was open to sharing it for the book, this really vulnerable moment. Yes, definitely. Well, let's listen to your conversation with Floor. Hello, Floor. Thank you so much for taking this call and being on this podcast. I'm really, really excited to just get to say hello to you. Thank you, Karen, for inviting me. I'm also very excited and open to answer all your questions. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Well, I guess we will just start in a sort of basic way, just thinking about what you're doing and what we're all doing here. So I'm familiar with you first and foremost, because during my own health crisis, with the IUD, I turned first to copper IUD detox. And that mm -hmm. is where I started getting a lot of answers and a lot of support and a lot of just information about healing. And it was very, it's just such an important, important thing for me to find. So I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what copper IUD detox is and why you founded it. Well, Copper IUD is a Yahoo group that I started when I discovered about the, the evils of the Copper IUD. Around, I think it's 2013, I started with the group. And I started it, first of all, because I felt so lonely <laughs> with this 
because no doctor seemed to support me. And there was a huge community uh, that spoke English that I found in the internet on forums. And I thought it would be a nice place for women to share their experiences. And also since there was so little information about how to heal, how to detox. And it was great because I posted on the... I became aware about copper toxicity on 2012 uh, after suffering a huge deal. I had the copper IUD for a year and a half. And I looked for information in Spanish first on the internet because I, I suspected that it could be my birth control, but I found nothing. So I continued suffering. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then one day I, I said, why I should look for information in English. And then I stumbled <laughs> upon a lot of thousands of cases of women uh, suffering the same thing like from one day to to the other they start feeling bad they don't understand what is going on with them and i found uh, the first forum that i found was in modern magazine hundreds of cases of women suffering the same so that's when i decided to remove the iud and then i created the group and then i invited women from that forum and other forums that i found to join it. And it was of great help because I, I didn't have uh, any support from physicians or my husband or my mm. family. Finding women that could understand what, what was going on uh, with me and they were experiencing the same thing was of great support. So there's one woman who is in this group and her narrative is really extreme. And she thought about donating it to be part of the book for a while. She wasn't sure how she felt about it and ultimately decided, okay, I'm going to do it. And I'm so excited because one of her fallout things was that her partner left her because he just thought he didn't believe her. He, he said, no, you must be making this up. And she said, I'm going to send him a copy of this book. Yes, of course. It's very, it's very complicated because there we live in an era where science is very important. So if there is, if there isn't any scientific confirmation, uh, it's very difficult that we find understanding from the public. But there are many. Uh, I found in my research mm-hmm. this last six years, I found a lot of research that are talking about copper toxicity and they are naming the IUD as a source of copper toxicity. But there is a little access to that information. That's why I continue uh, my struggle providing uh, women access to this information. Because I think that there is an interest in the market for people that they don't know these bad experiences we are having. The IUD is a more complex, the copper IUD is more complex case because they say they sell it as it has nothing bad, not, no hormones. So it's more complicated to prove that copper can generate all those symptoms that we suffer. So maybe let's talk a little bit about that because, yeah, you're a very passionate compiler of research and you're very specifically thinking about copper toxicity. So since you are such a compiler of this research, what are some things that you can tell our listeners here about copper toxicity? Well, 
one thing that it's very important is, uh, for example, your case that you had it only for six days. Can you suffer from copper toxicity in six days? Yes, you can. Why? Because one of the researchers I found in Argentina, they were really studying the burst release, which is the first mm -hmm. impact of copper in our bodies. They say that when they put the copper IUD, there are some IUDs that release a lot of copper the first couple of days. So that could explain why you, you suffer in such a short time from these symptoms from having the IUD. So this burst release, they were trying to control this excess of copper on the first days. And it was very difficult because they say that the same cable of copper has different charges on it. So mm. it's very difficult to control how much copper it releases into the body. So I believe that this could be a way to understand why there are women that suffer from copper toxicity and others that don't suffer. Copper toxicity, it has an impact mostly in three main organs, in the brain, in the liver, and in, in stomach. The impact on the brain, it has been largely studied. There are many psychiatrists in the U.S., for example, that are stopping treating uh, their patients with, um, with psychopharms, with drugs, And they are measuring their nutrients in their bodies because they, they believe that there are a lot of diseases on the brain that are due to copper toxicity, depression, anxiety, etc. So they are first checking in their blood if they have copper toxicity and then they treat their patients first with nutrients. And then if that doesn't work, they go directly to other antidepressant. So I wonder if you could actually just take a moment and share a little bit about what your story was with getting it and what kinds of things happened with you. Oh, it was a very, very painful. Well, I had the copper IUD after I gave birth to my second child, Vicente. For the first six months, it was okay, just like heavy bleeding and some cramping during the menstruation, but nothing else. But then I started feeling some anguish and anxiety that I attributed to uh, losing a friend to cancer. But then uh, I was on my vacations, on my holidays with my um, husband and family, and all the rest in my family was okay. I had a good moment at work. I was having a good moment in my relationship, but I had this sensation in my stomach that I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't eat. I lost appetite and I wanted to cry all the time. And I didn't understand what was going on with me. That was giving me a lot of anxiety because I didn't have any reason to feel bad. That was around the eight months of the copper IUD. And I had... I remember telling a friend that I had repetitive dreams of getting bald because I was losing my hair too. I remember thinking about the IUD. That's why I did a hormonal check and everything came out fine. So I said I need to go to a psychiatrist because I can't find any explanation. And I was like start stopping to eating and 
and I was starting to feel un unable to go to work and it was affecting me a lot of my mood. So I went to a psychiatrist and I started and uh, he gave me antidepressants. They helped me for a while, but that sensation in my stomach didn't go away. And it came a lot when I was ovulating. And then I started looking for answers on the internet in English. And then I read all the mm -hmm. stories so similar to mine. And I said, it's a copyrighty. <laughs> I had no doubt. I read about copper toxicity yeah. on the Dr. Wilson page. And it was all the things that I was experiencing. Anxiety, panic attacks, depression, insomnia, acne, uh, hair loss, joint pain. I had all those symptoms. When I went to the doctor for removal, I asked him if it could be the IUD. And he said, it's impossible. And I said, well, I, okay, remove it. And I left the office. And then, uh, well, uh, I started this path of trying to get better. And also, I was very insecure at first. I was not, uh, my husband didn't believe in me. My doctors didn't believe in me. My, I couldn't tell my friends in a way they could support me. So I felt very lonely. The only support I I found was in this group that, that grew very fast. In 2012, mm -hmm. there were no Facebook groups. This Yahoo group was a great tool for all of us. Yeah, I, I needed it because I'm not on Facebook. So <laughs> it was very helpful for that reason too. <laughs> well, oh, yes, but now there are so many groups. There are thousands of victims all over the world. I, yeah. Since I speak Spanish and French, I speak some oh. Portuguese. And so I have access to a lot of groups and I read a lot of what is going on with women and I uh, I'm so happy Karen that you joined me in this crusade because the more voices the more women we are spreading the word the better we will get there <laughs> When we began working on this podcast, we set up a hotline and asked people to call in and leave messages with their experiences in the doctor's office. So we'll take a quick break and listen to a doctor's note. Hi, I had an IUD for about three months, a little more. Um, I have generally avoided going to doctor's offices in my adult life because, I think mainly because when I was a child, I didn't have insurance, I didn't have good insurance. But At different points and so it was always a source of anxiety for me but I did end up getting an IUD um, when I was in graduate school because I had really good insurance that would cover it. It was actually really easy. My gynecologist was a really bit cheerleader for the IUD. I was in and out of her office in like 20 minutes and 12 hours later I was I was out um, with my friends so it really seemed like the shortcut um, form of birth control that everyone said it would be. Um, but then about a few months later when I was, I moved across the country and I started having really severe pain. Um, it felt like somebody had put a staple <laughs> inside of me and it was like tugging in different directions. And it, it just got worse and worse. Um, and I also started to have a lot of, of really heavy bleeding. And because I had moved and my insurance was kind of complicated at that point, so it, I couldn't really get in to see a doctor. And basically, I ended up going to the ER one morning, and they weren't able to remove it because they didn't have a gynecologist in the hospital. So for medical reasons or liability reasons, I guess they 
couldn't remove it, but they made me stay there and do all these tests. Um, a doctor sat down with me and said, you know, you're risking your fertility and you may never be able to have a baby if you don't do all these tests. It was very focused on, on sort of my potential fertility. Um, the resident who was doing my exams, he said to me, you know, that his wife had an IUD um, and that she really loved it. It was really great. And that maybe I should give it more of a chance. He said, you know, I really understand why you're so upset. You know, you're trying to do a nice thing for your partner. And then it turns out that it's causing you a lot of pain. But if you just stick with it, it'll get better. It, it felt uncomfortable to me. Um, he was about to do a pelvic exam. Um, and then I had to, they made me do a, an intravaginal ultrasound, which was incredibly painful and invasive. And um, and I, I left the hospital like 12 hours later. <laughs> That's how long it took me uh, to do all these tests. And they didn't find anything. So the doctor just said, you know, take some ibuprofen and rest up. And in the meantime, it was still really debilitating. I, you know, I had to take time off work. And so I ended up getting into a Planned Parenthood. You know, I, I talked to the doctor there and I told her what was going on. And she said, um, it was really normal to have that kind of pain. Um, and she said, you know, women's, it's really important for you to stick with this form of birth control because you might not be able to get another form if you remove it. Like insurance won't cover an IUD again if you want another one. Um, so is there anything that I could possibly do that would convince you to stick with this? And I said to her, I really needed to, to have it out. And so she took it out. And about six hours later, I, I had no, no pain anymore. Um, and the bleeding stopped. And slowly my, my, my cycle started to return to normal. It took a, it took a while. You know, besides the fact that I spent a year <laughs> waiting and worrying about an ER bill, um, it, it caused a tremendous amount of, of upset in my life. I think it's a really important conversation to be had because nobody that I spoke to and I saw a lot of different people throughout over the course of getting it, nobody kind of had any information for me about why I might be experiencing pain or discomfort in different ways than other people. And I felt like the attitude that I that I got was more that if my body couldn't conform to or accept this object that there <laughs> was something wrong with my body. Back to my conversation with Floor. You know, my story is sort of feels like an extreme one, six days only. My whole body was fuming with copper. It was like, it's like smoking out of me. Every, I, I like stank of copper. <laughs> I, it was obviously, I was just getting so poisoned by it. And then just got it out in this very emergency manner. And some of my Symptoms were very psychological, anxiety, panic, heart palpitations, things like that. But then the month that I had it taken out, I started experiencing really severe joint pain, which ultimately led to a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. So I would have just really benefited from awareness and a warning that if you have autoimmunity in your family, Hmm. you might not want the IUD. I mean, I, I personally think that there are many other reasons not to want the IUD. We just have such a leap to make because, you know, for a long time, this was the big feminist yeah. movement to get on birth control. Yeah. So it's a, almost like an awkward new... Leap. Yeah, for me, it was like 
the second most most important challenge in this path first was to make uh, my people understanding what what was what went wrong with me and they believing in the research i made and the things and then talking with my feminist friends and convincing them that it's something we need to review it's quite normal now that we know the hormonal contraceptives can produce uh, symptoms in the brain but we need to f- to make this copper iod <laughs> for people to know all the symptoms that it can have in in our emotions i'm a feminist i uh, support the use uh, of contraceptive but we need to have access to all the information the fda is not independent anymore <laughs> for example in the us We know that people from the authorities in FDA, they work in companies, in, in pharmaceutical companies and vice versa. So we need to have institutions that are really independent and can do uh, very serious research because we are putting in our bodies things that we don't know the real side effects it produces. I, it's funny to me how obvious it almost is yeah. like what did i think that copper would do inside of a wet space it would rust like that's what it would do yeah. but there was something about the cultural excitement and normalization around this device that just didn't allow me to see it as anything but like a feminist good a good thing in my life yeah and and i think it's more perverse this uh, birth control because all the consumer of this birth, birth control we are women that we don't have a good tolerance to hormones so we choose this copper iud because it's hormone free and then we, yeah. we fall into the trap because it's hormone free but the copper has an impact on hormones and it's so unfair because most of us we are copper iud is used a lot for women that has just gave birth So mm-hmm. it's a scenario where women have their first baby or second baby and they're also dealing with all these complex symptoms emotional symptoms that are so destabilizing i think it's so unfair there are a lot of women that make the connection and then bring the connection to the to the doctors and the doctors really they deny they say that it's impossible so there mm-hmm. is also What is going on with medicine now, with the doctors, that it's so it's such an unfair relationship between doctors and patients because it's so vertical. They don't so vertical. Yeah, it's they don't give room for doubt. And for instance, I found out that in Mexico they are putting the copper IUDs without telling them after they give birth on the clinic. There are some cases I saw uh, a report from a journalist that there was from women that they didn't even know that they put them the copper IUD some countries that they are having really aggressive contraceptive policies and here in Argentina for instance now they bought a lot of implants this this implants that they put on your arm so they put the, the implant the hormonal implant without telling them the side effects that it could have and you can't remove it on your own so it's kind of perverse that's why uh, um, my documentary is called when bodies talk 
because it's very important to mm. listen when bodies talk. It's, uh, we can't keep silencing them. That's part of reproductive and sexual rights. So we need to yes. request, uh, make this right <laughs> available because they are, they are not putting all the information about contraceptives. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. But My pleasure, so Karen, much. and all, all the good luck for you on, on your book and the podcast. This podcast is produced by Wolfman Books with executive producer Claire Mullen. Our production team includes Samantha Kerr, Madeline McConnell, Brianna McNamara, Allison O'Keefe, Gerald Petruzella, Emily Senkowitz, and Hannah Snow. Thank you to all at Wolfman, Justin Carter, Jacob Kahn, Lucasa Bronfman-Verissimo, Tara Marsden, Gabriel Ramirez, and Samantha Espinoza. Our theme song is Abuse of Time by Vivid Windows, and Matt Carney has provided instrumentals. A special thanks to all of our podcast participants and everyone who called and left a message sharing your stories. Thank you.